Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hey, what the actual fuckers? Stay tuned to the end of the episode for a very exclusive clip of the This Country book, read by Kerry and Curtin. Hey, what the actual fuckers? We're back for WTAF Live 3, Thrice Cooked. I am absolutely thrilled. On Friday, the 29th of November, at the Sundial Theatre in Sirencester. Best in the West. Another night filled with this country-themed entertainment. And we'll be laughing, laughing, laughing. We will be counting down the top five this country moments. Yeah, I know. As well as having the very first Dump Gang Olympics. Lethal. With a very special set of judges, including the queen of this country, Jill Cooper. She is so bubbly. And Martin Mucklow himself. Top-notch. With the fantastic comedian Keris Nelms to kick the night off. And unofficial This Country rockers Erica will be the house band on stage. Beast mode. Tickets are just £12.50. Go to WTAFpodcast.com or our Facebook, Instagram or Twitter page at WTAF This Country for the link to get tickets. Got it? Have you not listened to a word I've just said? So grab your plums, turn over your crumpets and join us for a proper smart night of fun. No one can keep up with that. Not even gift gaff. WTAF Live 3. Thrice cooked. I mean, what can you say? Hello, my name's Trevor Cooper and I play Len in this country... And you should be listening to the What the Actual Fuck podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man who has just started his own pet sitting company, which was great for me because I gave him my pedigree Siberian hamster to look after while I was on holiday in Florida, and I'm looking forward to picking Basil up from him now. It's Neil. So how is Basil, Neil? He's fine. He slept a lot. Did he? He's sleeping uh, all the time. Has he awoken at all? Since well, I've I didn't been want to because I believe they hibernate. <laughs> Okay. They're not very active creatures, are they? Siberian hamsters. Well, to be honest, when I gave him to you, Neil, he was <laughs> full of life. He, he was just—he was running around on that wheel. Are you telling me he hasn't moved since you had him? Maybe. Are they supposed to eat? Well, they're supposed to. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, that might <laughs> and be. And drink. Oh well, that I'll, was all right. I was drink. They was having drink beer. Yeah, that's that's right, fine. Isn't it? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> now our super fan guest this week is the producer extraordinaire from the excellent Fingers on Buzzers podcast. And if you don't listen to it, you should. After Jenny Ryan, she is the second superfan guest from a potential FOB trilogy. She's the Empire Strikes Back of superfan guests. Please welcome Amanda Redman. Hey. Hey, thank you so much for having me. Everybody that's listening is thinking, Amanda Redman, and I'm going to have to say straight off the bat, I've never been in new tricks. <laughs> um, because seriously, people, people get... Um, 
they think that I'm that Amanda Redman. Yeah. And I've had whole conversations with people on Twitter where my picture is clearly not her. And then at the end, I've kind of had to go, you do know I'm not that one, don't you? And then they, oh, that's really embarrassing. So just off the bat, uh, unfortunately, I'm not that one. I'm another one. Ah, so what's it like working with Dennis Waterman? <laughs> <laughs> Right. So I was on the street one day, and I heard um, there was this couple in front of me, and I heard them say, I heard the woman say to the guy, "Well, Amanda Redmond's going," and I thought, "Am I?" <laughs> and then he said, "Yeah, well, Dennis Waterman's already gone," and I was like, "Ah." Oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> talking about they were too young to be talking about new tricks as well, because I've also never watched it because I always thought it was the kind of program that my parents would watch exactly i'm it's with like, you on that it's I've like a this generation's that. last of the summer wine is that one that yeah. the older people just enjoy they get their cup of tea and their digestives and they sit exactly. and watch new tricks and it's lovely for them and i think they change the cast as many times don't they i think i think they've done as many last of summer wine kind of cast changes haven't they there's yeah. been a few that's that's my only knowledge of um new tricks yeah. but, um, has dennis waterman ever I, gone down a hill in a bath like not, I, 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 used to do i mean i'm sure it's an amazing show but i've never <laughs> seen i've it. never seen it either i, know, I, I would watch that i would watch that yeah yeah. Every week, Dennis Waterman in his escapades, <laughs> either a bath or Whoa. roller skates, whatever. Yeah. Right, first question I have for you, Amanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, why might you be forgiven for thinking that Flopsy Bunny and Mrs Tiggywinkle were born from an unassuaged passion of uh, imperial preference? Oh, right. Oh, um... <laughs> <laughs> I've got to let our listeners know that That's unless 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 there? unless you've listened to the fingers it? on fingers on buzzers podcast, I listened to the episode today when that question was asked, and all I could hear was Amanda in the background going, "My brain's hurting, my brain's hurting." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd completely forgotten about that, and I, I thought this was a really niche this country reference, <laughs> no. and I was thinking, and then my brain you just hurt my. brain. I think I got a little bit of PS, uh, you know, the um, got PTSD. A bit of PS, PS, no, P- PSP? PTSD. PTSD, thank there you. you. PSP. Yeah. You know what you did to my brain there? <laughs> yeah. I wondered whether you'd snag that, because I, like I say, I've been on a bit of a binge of listening to Fingers on Buzzers this afternoon, and when I, I thought I'm going to have to play that back and put that on my phone, because I'm going to ask Amanda that tonight and see if it, <laughs> see if it just, like, it, it well, brings I anything really back. I appreciate it. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, that was, I think that was from a listener quiz, wasn't it? It was. It was yeah, indeed, so... yeah. Because people that don't know, Fingers on Buzz is presented by amazing Jenny Ryan, who you've had on the show. Indeed. Mm. And lovely Lucy Porter, who hopefully will also um, be able Fingers to... Fingers crossed. She'll be our Return of the Jedi, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully. And um, there's a, it's a podcast all about quizzing, and uh, we invite listeners to send in quizzes, which... Um, I have to then read to Lucy and Jenny. Now, I don't have the general knowledge capacity in any way, shape or form that they have. So I find some of the... And also, people that are writing in questions, obviously, they're writing into Jenny off the chase. Mm. They want to kind of show their book smarts. They want to show their skills. And um, so they can get a little... I think people can get a little bit carried away with their own cleverness. I mean... You know, I'm sure that our listeners will be the first to even admit that, and I mean yeah. that in all good humour. But um, so I kind of get these really baffling questions, which I then have to read out, and it will. I <laughs> because of the nature of our records can sometimes be a bit haphazard that we're just like suddenly record. You know, like mm. oh, we're doing it on Wednesday. Um, the listener quiz I might not have actually had the chance to read it prior to me and that is often the first time (laughs) i am looking at those questions when i have to read them out and i don't understand sometimes what i'm reading Mm. and i can't show them because then they'd know what the question is so yeah so i think that was a prime example where i was trying to and then they were actually trying to work it out and i was just thinking i don't even know how you can even attempt to decipher that question, let alone 
get to some kind of answer. Did they manage it? I can't remember. No, they, I don't think they did. No, I actually, I, I think it was a question that Lucy asked Jenny. It was. It was another. It wasn't listeners' questions. It was. Uh, was it top of the uh, class or something like that? I'll have to listen back on the episode. Right. But but she yeah. was trying to stump Jenny and and. It's weird how you get some yes. kind of when Jenny gets stumped, you think actually she is human, you know. Absolutely. I mean, you know, it, it's slightly reassuring if Jenny gets stumped, but also not really reassuring to me because I just think, well, I wouldn't, you know, there's no way I'd know that anyway. Actually, on her birthday, um, we had to do we all went uh, quite a few of us went out for a meal, and there's quite a few of her quizzing friends there, and <laughs> we had to do a quiz. And everybody brought a question, and um, uh, I think my question was just something really because it was about birthdays. And I think mine was just something really is about you know about when Philip Schofield's birthday was. But right. you know, I, I basically just sat there. And I think I ate more food and drank more than everybody else because I was the quietest. For once. <laughs> <laughs> we will get onto a little bit more about all the other podcasts that you do and um, stuff like that. But we want to obviously talk about this country. So, where did you first find out about this country? So I was a little bit late, I'm ashamed to say. I mean, I I don't... This, it, only one series had been on, and I think that by the time I discovered it, the whole of it was there for me to enjoy, which is really great. But I'd kind of ignored it for a while. I didn't really... I just thought, oh, it's another mockument, you know. Yeah. Didn't sort of believe that it was... I just didn't... Just, I just didn't really take much notice. And then I saw um, there was some shorts with Romish Ranganathan... Um, with him speaking to funny people in cafes and Charlie and Daisy were on it and I just thought they were just so funny that I immediately then went to this country and just and just fell in love with the just fell in love with it immediately and you know and I've watched it you know each episode more than once so, so I think that, that was the stripper story wasn't it that Daisy yeah. told yeah oh my god such an amazing that she the job interview, she had no idea that it was for a stripper. She thought she thought um, exotic dancer meant like, you know, Carmen Miranda stuff yeah. through her head. And and then so she get there, but she tries to style it out. Mm. I don't want to spoil it too much because I think they're still on iPlayer, those stories. But it was just her stories of styling it out and the fact that she chose her stripper name to be Louise Redknapp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> they just she didn't know she had to come up with a stripper name, but that was the first thing that came into her head was, "What's your stripper name, Louise Redknapp?" <laughs> I mean, I just have been a fly on the wall in that room at that point, where you know the people that were auditioning her, what they must have thought mm. that was all about. I don't know, but then then she goes on to actually audition to be the stripper, and she just kind of starts snogging the pole. I know that was a thing. Yeah. Like, how many? I mean. God knows what kind of body yeah. fluids are all over the <laughs> those I mean, kind of poles. I, I mean, yeah, if, there, if there's a pole to put your tongue, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, not it's that one. It's definitely not going to be a pole dancer's pole, is no. it? I mean, I don't know if they get a spritz down at all at the end of the night. You well, know, they certainly get a rub down. <laughs> they certainly get a rub down, but I don't know whether they get a flannel on them at all at any point. Oh, you know, just, dear. Just I... a cursory little wipe. But, yeah, so it was after that, really. I just I just thought, you know, they... And then Charlie's sitting there really quietly throughout the whole thing, and she's already accused him of having no personality when they were growing up. And he's just sat there kind of quite quiet, you know, because the story is really all about Daisy. And then right at the end, he comes out with the most killer line, which is, I'd rather have no personality than stories like that. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, what a beauty, you know, I just, and and that, that dynamic of who they really are just really seems to come through on the show, I think. Mm. I think, you know, I don't think it's much of a secret that they really kind of put an element of themselves their characters into into you know their into the characters on the show. Mm. So when series two uh, started, Amanda, did you wait and binge that, or did you watch it weekly when it came out? Ah, I think I watched that weekly when it came out because I, I was already, you know, I was already a, a fan then. And so when the time it came out uh, for the second series, I would have. I think as far as I can remember, I knew it when it was on TV, and and you know, and I. You know, it's an appointment to watch, you know, mm. definitely if I wasn't in, then I'd come in, you know, I think, oh, great, you know, and then obviously on the iPlayer. So, yeah, I was already, I was already completely a convert. Mm. <laughs> Do you have a favourite episode from series one then? 
so series one, I think it's um, when the the selling of the juices, the juice. King of the uh, nerds, yeah. King of the nerds, yeah. Daisy is a businesswoman. <laughs> uh, I just, um, I just thought was just, uh, you know, just amazing. And yeah, just the whole, because they kind of have their own parallel sort of storylines. But I just, um, yeah, I just love that episode. Because <laughs> that's that's one of the episodes where I mean, Kerry and Curtin are always bickering with each other, and sometimes Kerry's the one on top, and Curtin's the one on top. But that's the one where you do see that Curtin cares for Kerry because when mm. when she's uh, crying, he said, yeah. "Don't worry, we'll, we'll sort it out." We'll, and he, he looks after. It's very rare that that happens in the series. Yeah. He sells Warhammer in the end, doesn't he? Yeah. And uh, you know, he even offers to, but then he obviously changes mind. But then he even offers. But then, yeah, you do see. That he, you know, that he ha- he kind of looks after her a bit um, because he, which then comes through in a lot of other episodes, which, you know, things about when it's at his birthday, he has to buy her a present <laughs> yeah. because otherwise she just gets insanely jealous. Yeah. And he makes the real effort on her birthday with the sign and things like that. And she wouldn't do that, I don't think. For him, no. I just don't think it's in her because she is such, a, you know, she is such, you know, a child, and he is the more adult of of the two, isn't he? He's the one yeah. with the, you know, with the aspiration. You know, he he's the one that you know loved having a job, you know, because he's just got that kind of uh, personality where he kind of needs to be occupied. I think a little bit more than Kerry does, who is quite happy just smashing tiles in the street. Yeah, and I think he's also he also. He wants to know what it's like outside of the village. You know, he he wants to know what the real world is like. Whereas Kerry, that is her world. She just loves being in that world and she doesn't know, understand why anybody wants to leave. Well, because, you know, why would you want to go anywhere else? There's a pub. Exactly. There's a shop. (laughs) Why do you want to go anywhere else? Yeah. But, you know, even like when the vicar's son comes, Curtin, you know, kind of takes him, you know, he's interested in him because he's asking him, what's it like in Bristol? Yeah. Mm. What's it like in the real world, he says, doesn't he? And and that says a lot, I think, because he he wants, I think he wants to get out, but I don't think he's got the, 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 he's not brave enough to actually make that step. Or do you think it's (laughs) Kerry holding him back? Yeah, I think there's an element of, because if she was to be in any way encouraging, um, I think that was definitely an element why he didn't go and do the GNVQ. I think it was genuinely his own um, realities were hitting home. You know, he'd have to not live at his nans and no one tears and, uh, you know, and things like that. And, you know, obviously um, kind of have to apply himself to do some work where he would, you know, have to uh, meet new people and... And he wouldn't be able to kind of have an escape from that. But I think if there was any element of encouragement from Kerry, he would have he would have gone. But I think definitely there was an element of her kind of keeping him, you know, keeping him back. Mm. Absolutely. I think that's one thing about the show that I love is the fact that it, it it's quite a ridiculous show, and it's in places it's quite a boring <laughs> show. It's very much like The Office in the fact that it shows you the sort of the mundane everyday life that a lot of the majority of people in the country have. Absolutely. But it's also I- there's so many parts to it. I mean, the the conversation that Kerry and Curtin have in GMVQ, where Kerry is Curtin is saying to her do you really want to keep doing this for you know the rest of your life? And that's when she says, you know, what do you want to leave for? You've got a shop. There's so much in there. There's so much meat on the bone that, that of something that is just quite a ridiculous show if you look at it yeah. from the outside. Absolutely. And I, I think I grew up in a rural area myself and I um, grew up uh, I'm not a particularly affluent family, so I certainly know that boredom of having nothing to do mm. In the when there's, I mean, I know that you can. It's still just as bad. I live in London now, and I, you know, obviously, I would argue that you probably need money here slightly more, maybe, you know, to kind of. But there, but there are things to places to go if you are a bit skint in London, where you can have a slight change and stuff like that. But I know that kind of boredom of um, having nobody. And also the age they are, the numbers that their peers, their peer groups dwindled. And so they only really have each other because um, everybody else has kind of moved on. So their their world is just kind of got smaller and smaller and smaller. And 
when you've got no money to kind of entertain yourself to to go to the cinema or whatever then you're it's just that kind of will make you slightly a bit more fearful i think of of the of of you know breaking your comfort zone mm-hmm. i mean i couldn't wait to get out of my small town because i could see i could that's what i could see um you know people that were older than me i just thought you know i just i just need uh, to, to kind of experience something other than this because but yeah with that as, as well also is the isolation isn't it you, you're isolated in these rural towns you, you can't yeah. really get to the cinema you can't really get to you the can't. you know and, and you, uh, you rely on the number 51 bus to get you to tk max yeah. and stuff like that yeah well yeah there's absolutely in my i come from a very small place called warminster and it's a real in wiltshire and it's a real ball ache to get to and from on public transport there's no buses really and the last train because it's in the middle of bath and salisbury last train back from those to me were metropolises mm. um the last train's like half nine yeah and then you know you still need the money to be able to do that mm. and i remember um just not you know just didn't have that access to money i mean i was there's was probably a bit more jobs in in my hometown you know I was able to waitress and things like that, you know, but I think that they don't really have that. Kerry and Curtin don't, well, especially Kerry does, doesn't have that kind of skill set to be able to kind of mm. hold down a job. But this is something I'd love to see in the new series. I'd love to see Kerry in some kind of employment. What, what think, do you think she would do? Call centre. I could so see this. <laughs> I could see this because she, when she, because she was really good at adopting the script for, she, because she, the thing is as well, I mean, she loved being that sale. She loved, mm. she mm. loved it when she was the businesswoman for that couple of days, you know, adopting her old school blazer with the old school tie and the tracky bombs. That, you know, it was, that was her, you know, really kind of wanting to get herself you know to to be a, a self-starter in something and 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 I could see she adopted the script really well with with hello madam hello sir <laughs> you know and um and she also when her and Martin are doing the flight simulation she was great at that. So, yeah. so I could see her with a headset on she'd really enjoy wearing that headset she would love it, mm. and she wouldn't have to move. She could just sit in a chair. She could probably eat some snacks. Um, so, yeah, call centre. How do you think she would deal with the difficult caller in, though? I mean, badly. Yeah. Really badly. She would not – her customer service skills would not – she probably wouldn't keep – I don't know. It depends what kind of place it is and how fussy they are, but, I mean – of you know i mean she'd she'd definitely have a few warnings under her belt she'd get a verbal yeah she might get a written um and then i think curtain might tell her to kind of pull her pull her socks up maybe maybe yeah. mind but, you that um, would be quite funny wouldn't it watching kerry and curtain practice that as well yeah, yeah. do you see what i mean Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think, you know, because I think Curtin, it would be a project for him as well, because I think that he's always looking for a project. He's always kind of looking for some way, you know, something to do, you know, because his obsession, obviously, with the bowls club after he was let go and and just, you know, just, you know, his meticulous way of making, of cutting sandwiches, you know, he doesn't do half a job. So I think he would really, if she was doing something, I think he would throw himself into it as well because it would give him, and also then that would give him permission to actually do something that he might like to do as well. Yeah. So, yeah. so are you a fan of the mockumentary style of comedy? I think it can really work, yeah. I do think it can really work. And I was a big fan of The Office when that first hit our screens and I think, yeah, I think, you know, it, it, it became so kind of uh, ubiquitous, didn't it? There was just so many of them at one point mm. and it did sort of feel like, is this the only way that we can do comedy now? But I think it does give that kind of vehicle, that way of, because it gives the talking head element doesn't it the mm. the you know, the talking head with them kind of exposing themselves a bit to 
to the people you know and, and also talking about each other and things like that so I think especially in this country's case I think it really I think it really works I think it really works especially the bit you know when um was it the start of the second series where Carrie's just like you know aren't you bored yeah mm. <laughs> we we're we don't do anything. Aren't you bored? I mean, she's like, I don't mind, but isn't there something else you'd rather be filming? I mean, that is that's talking to the audience, isn't it? When the audience is watching um, uh, reality TV, yeah. and you're thinking, I can, I, I can remember in the old days of um, Big Brother, coming home and watching the live feed where they used to have on Channel Four the, the f- four <laughs> stages on the, or four pictures on the screen, and I'm just watching somebody making a cup of tea, and I'm fan, you know, I'm thinking this is amazing. I'm thinking, I'm watching someone make a cup of tea. <laughs> I this know. is crazy. I, I only ever managed to catch everybody asleep. Or right. <laughs> just when they're having a conversation, which they have to play bird noise over because everybody's yeah. sort of saying something libelous or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, mm. um, but yeah, I never got I never got to the heady heights of watching somebody make a cup of tea. I'm jealous. It was crazy. And they used to, they used to have <laughs> yeah, they, used to have the, they used to have the screen split in four, so you'd have a, two live feeds, then you'd have what happened thirty minutes ago and what happened an hour ago. So you'd be able to watch the same thing. Could you pick which one you wanted to watch? No, no, no. Oh, it was right. just it was just that was on like channel it so was, you the red button. It. So you could watch something that went on the an hour ago and you're whilst you're watching something that went on 30 minutes ago and then when the hour catches up so you could watch it probably three times yeah wow because i Isn't can remember trippy? was it brian was it brian that won it one year this it is was... this is going back like probably the third or fourth this was when it was like was he real really wasn't it still yeah yeah and he was trying to go on what are those um big round balls that used to jump on the space uh, hopper, space hopper yeah. he was trying to go on a space hopper one of these challenges and he was just jumping up and down and not moving and i found it hilarious so i sat there <laughs> and waited half an hour to see it again and then waited another half hour to see it again because it was just so funny and then you obviously did it. Did it make the edit though? Yes, it made. Show? Yes, so then I watched like the night time so show at it. ten o'clock and saw it again. <laughs> and, and you think back now and you think, well, that is just sad. Why would you do that? Well, it's new, yeah. wasn't it? At the of the, at the time, it's you crazy. got hooked in. I watched the first series. I didn't go much further past the first series, but oh, yeah. I didn't realize they were going to do it again. I was a bit like, because like, I because the way they tried to make it out was so a social experiment. Yeah, that's mm. right. The millennium yeah. and all of. And um, I didn't realise I was so naive, <laughs> so young and naive. I just didn't realise that it was just you know the stars and they'd just go on and on and on. It wasn't a social experiment at all. No, it was just um, a quite cynical way of of uh, making money. I yeah. didn't realise that of having you know of, of having the beast that is Big Brother. But it's finished now, hasn't it? I think so because it went back on Channel Five, didn't it? And then I think it's been cancelled again. But the thing is, the so first the ones as well that gone as well is which one is celebrity versions that finished as well yeah i think so yeah i think so but uh, the thing is the first couple of seasons i think like yourself everybody was naive mm. i think everybody thought it was yeah. was that and then as soon as people started realizing right i could be the baddie here so i could end up making or or two people got together yeah. and we could get a hello magazine deal yeah. out of this and maybe yeah. our own sp- then it just became a game that people and then it then I mean I lost I think I after series four or five I was eight but we used to religiously come home and just watch it what's been happening what's been happening oh well he's just gone and talked to her and, she, and <laughs> oh my, I can't believe yeah, I went I through think that there was still yeah I think I I think maybe I stopped watching about series four or five mm. as well I think or then I think I dipped back in sort of later on because people I knew were watching it and so then I kind of end up getting drawn in but something that I do still watch <laughs> and I think I'm the only person that still watches The Apprentice I'm just, I just oh love. no no I'm with you are you I, I'm, I'm finding it hard to stay with it now because it has become almost a parody of itself this series is not is last series I thought was brilliant mm. and in fact, the series before I thought was brilliant and this series, I don't know. I just don't think the they, you know, I just don't think it's as funny as it has been. The last last series, I just thought was absolutely hilarious because every year I just can't believe that, you know, because I do think 
you people do watch The Apprentice, right? You do know they just fill it with horrible people. And then for you to kind of apply and go, yep, I'm one of them. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And also you definitely need to be, you know, to be get ahead in business, you need to be able to come up with your own brand of ice cream, obviously. And it's just the ridiculous <laughs> things they get them doing. You know, you need to, you just, you definitely need to know how to uh, sell on live TV. You know, just they just throw them because they, uh, there's for me, you know, seeing kind of overinflated egos get their just desserts a little bit in a gentle kind of way because they put themselves up for it. I think that, you know, I don't think I ever tire of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you're a producer. I am. Uh, yes. What does that entail? What I mean, I know that from like movies, what a movie producer does. Is it the same kind of thing that that you do? Are you the heartbeat of it all that keeps things going? Yeah. So basically, it's my background uh, was radio production. So I was with uh, a news station in London called LBC for many years, and I was then uh, with Absolute Radio, and then about a year ago, I. Uh, started making podcasts so um it's the job of a producer can vary wildly um in for what a show for what the show requires mm. uh in the for podcast for podcasting i think it's you know it could be um some of them some of the podcasts need some scripts need you know some things scripted in and out uh fingers on buzzes is not scripted um uh it's obviously um recording editing booking guests coming up with um subjects and uh getting materials that the, the materials that we need uh like you know in the finger, case of things on buzzer sourcing listener quizzes um you know and just kind of other ones subject matters and things like that and sort of shaping it all into a coherent Kind of just, and then understanding how the um, show needs to flow, who the audience are—that's really important as well. And just basically what, and so what the audience expects from that show, but also making sure that things don't kind of sit still for too long. Just, I like to kind of with certain things like Fingers on Buzz is probably the most one of the most heavy, heaviest formatted ones I've uh, I've made um, because that's my radio background coming in. I just felt that. Fingers on Buzz would lend itself really well to having um, segments, different mm. kind of uh, segments and parts and having jingles. I just thought it would just kind of keep things kind of nice and pacey. Um, whilst other ones that I do, you know, they, it might, Drunk Women Solving Crime is just kind of, it's in three segments, but if it's a live show recording, it just runs straight through. If it's a studio one, I do split up the segments with a, a sting. Um, but... Uh, yeah, with uh, but with things on buzzers, it's a. It, I would say that I'm always kind of aware that I want to change up the format slightly because there's only so many times that Lucy and Jenny used to quiz each other. Then it was time to sort of stop doing that really because there was only so so far that could go. I think for the listener mm. and listener quiz will carry on though because people, you know, because it's great to have listeners involved. It's just brilliant. And, you know, they just send in absolute brilliant stuff and people, you know, they're part, they're part of the family. So it's nice when they can be involved in that as well and hear their name being, you know, shouted out and, you know, hear their work being read out and things like that. But, uh, you know, I've been having some thoughts about how we're going to move it on for when we do the next few records. Well, I'm going to be sending you a this country listeners question see uh that would be amazing yes see, please. see which one of them is going to be the best because uh, i can't remember how many jenny got because so, I, I was asking her a few questions in between mm. um of uh, us talking so um which i should jenny, be doing to yeah. you really i should be asking you a few this country questions because you've seen I'm gonna, just keep talking Go on. I'm gonna, well I'm gonna, what i'll I'm ask amanda how gonna... do you pick a project then to produce how do you pick what what you want to do i've been really lucky and there's been uh, some really great stuff has come my way, actually, with um, there's a brilliant um, 
a comedian called London Hughes who um, got nominated at this year's Edinburgh Fringe and she's had quite a lot of kind of excitement around her and and I was and she's got a podcast out at the moment which I was lucky enough to make that's my that's the other one that I was very heavily formatted um, so picking the project really um, it's mainly about the people that are involved mm. um, so whether they're going to be um, good to work with <laughs> is quite important you know not everybody in my radio experience I would say was a joy to come in and see every day I'll just leave it at that <laughs> oh we'll wait till off air on that one then. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um but you know I, I've been able to work with some people that I've had a previous relationship like Lucy and I go way back we've worked together on quite a few things so it's just been great to kind of do our own sort of thing together um and also I'm kind of always sort of on the hunt for good stuff as well. So I might sort of approach um, somebody or an agent and just try and sort of come up with a format which would work, you know, and that could be questioning them on what they're interested in that other people might not necessarily um, affiliate them with mm. so you know what's surprising about them what do, what do they have a knowledge and an interest and, an, and a love for that people wouldn't necessarily know about you know and and sort of shaping a program shaping a program around that really yeah. so mm. so when, yeah. it, when it comes for you to like booking guests because i know from personal experience that things like <laughs> that because obviously i mean well obviously we we are in different circles you're you're in the business so you know people and i'm assuming that like lucy knows people and jenny knows people that you can go oh, do you want to be a guest I, yeah i'll be a guest and then all of a sudden you've got james acaster and people like that that you can get as guests again well i've known james for a while i used to produce a show with him on another sort of online station i used to work for called foobar radio which is uh which was all comedy when i was there so i used to work with james there so james you know he's done a few things for me um but you can only ask so many times and there's a few other people which and you know i'm just like i don't think i think i can't be that guy <laughs> just keep on emailing especially because mm. some of them have gotten far more well known yeah um and uh probably because of me i'm putting it out there you know <laughs> i gave some of them their first you know their first radio um they owe you basically they, they owe, owe yeah. but also i probably owe them because it can be very difficult in the my background of commercial radio they just don't pay no. people guest slots and it's just so it's fine if you've got something to plug and if the listenership's good well is is it fine but not really but you know so i think you know you there's another podcast which you know I, I've been making, and and I think people were expecting me to kind of delve into, and the presenter as well to kind of I think they were expecting us to kind of delve into our um, contact books, and it was a bit like I said, well, you need to kind of offer a fee because I've I, you know I've kind of I can't ask these people again. I just mm -hmm. can't. You know I you know they'll just look at every email from me and think you know seriously but you know but <laughs> but i think you know quite a few of them were like oh my gosh she's actually offering me money this time <laughs> <laughs> so and, and not you know offering a fee just isn't you know because a lot of podcasting you know i say to anybody that wants to start a podcast don't do it if you think you're gonna get rich off it no that's you, what we've said from the very yeah. start which just made me think, crap, we're not going to get a bill from you after this, are we? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll get my agent involved. Oh, Christ. <laughs> no, right. I mean, there's, you know, there's so many, you know, there's so many times where it is absolutely fine. But I think, you know, because I was generally asking the same people again and again and again mm. and again. And uh, Gronny Maguire just didn't need another email from me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've said it so many times that, that for, for people like us who, who are just two guys in a shed and I use Twitter all the time, and it's Twitter that you that you. Uh, it's amazing that you can get hold of people. It's brilliant. Well, and yeah. like yourself, it's, it's, I go from one minute of listening to a podcast, and and I think, wow, she. I mean, obviously talking to Jenny as well. I thought you'd be a great guest to talk to, and it's great that you are able to be able to I, get in touch with people that way. I think I invited myself. I think well, you did. Yeah, you did in a roundabout. You did in a roundabout way, but I mean, <laughs> it, it's. Um, 
Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So. <laughs> just, I'm putting it out there. I, you know, I did sort of say, look, I don't think the listeners are going to give, you know, give a shit what I sort of. No, I don't think that's true at all. This country, but I love this country. Yeah. So, and the thing, the know, thing I'm is, what we what it. we've tried to do with superfan guests is find people that that some of them are not necessarily famous no they're people that are, are not only they like the show but they've got interesting lives i mean they well they've have... got the same name as somebody famous Ex- so. well that's what we're hoping <laughs> we're hoping that all these new tricks guys are going to be <laughs> downloading the podcast going yeah. i can't wait to find out what dennis waterman's really like <laughs> exactly well we got we got george clooney from the butchers next week <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> yes, we have. Unfortunately, we had to cancel Michael Jackson, didn't we? We uh, did. Yeah, that was a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah, we had to cancel. Yeah. Right, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, quiz questions. Okay. Yes, now these are from these are from King of the Nerds. Okay, so you said that's one of your favourite episodes, King of the Nerds. Are you okay. ready? Right. What tribute act does Kerry say her mum should be? Uh, meatloaf. No. Yes. Oh, no. Take your first oh, answer. Always go with your first answer. Oh. What is the name of the Eternal Vitality rep giving the presentation? Oh, gosh. Um, Just a first name is fine. Is it Sue? No. Debbie, no. <laughs> oh, do you know, I normally get all of these right. This is so annoying. I knew this would happen. No, I'm going to... Uh, oh, it's gone. You're going to have to... It was Shaz. I'm go- yeah, I knew I'd kick myself, Shaz. Shaz. How Shaz. much does Shaz from Eternal Vitality say a sales rep can earn in a month? £5,000. It was £15,000. £15,000? I'm doing badly at this. Well, you've got a five in it. We'll, yeah. give, you a bit we'll give you half a point for that. And how much was the start-up fee to join Eternal Vitality? £200. It was £200. You'd, you'd steal, you'd borrow, you'd find that money. <laughs> Thank you. Shaz, Shaz is one of my favourite um, standalone characters, actually. I just, I thought the actress that played her just nailed that. Yeah. yeah. Just nailed it from, you know, th- that kind of, all right, my darling, no, I see what you've done there, I see what you've done there. Yeah. Just that kind of condescending slippery you know sales patter kind of you know i just thought i just thought that was i just actually i think, I I, think that's I, one of the reasons i love yeah, that i need to, i need to find out who she is and see if she's on twitter because i think uh, it's about time we spoke to her isn't it? somebody i old, think so i think so i think she nailed it talk to right now now we've got the proper quiz name okay uh, let's go for it right yeah. this is kerry or curtain i'm going to give you a line of dialogue you need to tell me if it's kerry or curtain I normally do get 100% of this. Do so you? Okay. I've got, yeah, I do. Okay, here's number one. I hope I don't let myself down. Okay. If I leave it any later, there will just be the dregs left. But getting there is an absolute nightmare. Oh, it's curtain. It is. Well done. <laughs> Minor injuries. Talking about going to TK Maxx. TK number Max, two. Yeah. I can't believe you shouted at Len. That was brutal. Ooh. That's Kerry. That was Curtin again. Is it? Yes. And minor injuries Ooh. talking to the vicar after the vicar has a go at him on the uh, on the old lawn. Oh, of course it is. There yeah. You go. yeah. I've got, I was still I was in the mindset of Kerry and Curtin speaking to each other. I've got to uh, there you go. See. Yeah. yeah. Kerry was in no fit state to talk at that point. Uh, <laughs> she, her leg was know, like, like a, a breadstick. Like yeah. a breadstick. In a blender, a indeed. Blender, yeah. Number three. Does my skin look any different? It's glowing. Um, that's curtain. Curtain says my yeah. That yeah. is curtain. Uh, when she when he's trying the old juice drink in <laughs> King of the Nerds. <laughs> yeah. Number so that's two out of three. That's good so far. Number four. <laughs> Which one of you is breathing so loudly? I can't hear myself think. That's curtain again. That is curtain again. <laughs> well done. That's talking to his two nerd friends at the playground. <laughs> So I think if you get this one right, I think you get one more than Jenny because I think Jenny got three out of five. So the pressure's oh, on. Don't don't do this to the me. Pressure I mean, the pressure is on. Pressure is on. Can you imagine the next time you go and do another I fingers mean, on buzzers? You can walk in. You'll be cock of the walk. You will. Hear the end. Here we go. Then the pressure is on. I got a loan to pay off the loan and to buy a PlayStation. It's Kerry. Yay! <laughs> Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda has beaten the chaser. There wow. you go. 
Well, I mean, look at that. Which <laughs> um, uh, our respect yeah, is what you win. Our utmost respect. I That's all I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> that pays the rent. <laughs> so it, it really doesn't, unfortunately. <laughs> well, I don't know. We haven't tried yet. Well, we haven't. No, just going to tell you. No, that see, it makes it sound like we live together again when you say things like that. We are not Morecambe and Wise. Stop it. Uh. <laughs> You as don't much, share a bed then with your little stripy pyjamas on. As much as people keep thinking that we do, <laughs> Neil's shaking, uh, nodding his head. You would be surprised how many people think that that is the case, that we finish our podcast, we turn everything off, we go and make ourselves a cup of cocoa, we both get a pipe, get our slippers and j- yeah. <laughs> pyjamas on, and we crawl up to bed together. That's one of us think. reads a comic, one of us reads a newspaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like unbelievable! It's totally true. It is totally <laughs> true. Don't shatter those illusions. Yeah, don't, don't shatter them. It's what people want to believe. <laughs> Let them believe it. That's fine. So, Amanda, with series three coming, which character would you like to see more about, or find out more about, rather? Um. Right. Yeah. Um. So, as I said, I kind of wanted. Um, to sort of go a bit more, sort of see Kerry like out in the world a little bit. Um, I'd also be really interested to know how they um, deal with slugs as well. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, just because I, you know, whether they're going to have him winning the lottery and kind of like going off with Kaylee, you know, sex mad Kaylee. Mm. <laughs> just, um. But, you know, that would I think that would be really interesting. I really want more from Big Mandy as well. And I'd like to kind of see sort of uh, her a bit more of her backstory and just kind of because we all know a bit if you come from a rural area like there's that you've got, you know, you've got a Big Mandy in the town. Mm. <laughs> well, we can, we can say something about Big Mandy because they dropped it today on a. The clip in Newsbeat. I didn't see that. Have you not seen this? No. All oh, right, so I'm breaking something. Go on, then. Daisy said that in the Series 3, there will be Big Mandy's Book Club. Big Mandy's Book Club. I cannot wait there for you that. Go. Big Mandy's Book Club. Yep. I mean... The, I mean, it just the mind. I mean, she lo- the thing is, you know, Mandy's got this... You know, like Curtin says, you know... It, he finds her baffling because, yeah. you know, she tells him to fuck off, but sends, you know, sends him a lovely Christmas card, really mm. heartfelt message in every year. And in the doctor's surgery, <laughs> when, you know, she terrified yeah. him. And she was just having like, the way that she walks off with that smile on her face. Yeah. And that happy walk. She's so pleased with herself. She thinks, oh, I'm just a right laugh with Curtin. He yeah. loved that. Yeah. So, and she loves like, you know, the compare the meerkat. <laughs> Yeah, the tattoos, of course. The tattoos, Pardon? the tattoos, of course. The tattoos, and you know, obviously, she think you know, she sits there for hours drawing. You know, it, it could be Greg Wallace, or it could be Ross, Ross Kemp. Kemp. So yeah, um, so Martin, I'd be really interested to see how it, how Martin Mucklow's received and how he receives everyone else because obviously you know he is such a wrong and he in his mind he's going to think that everybody's completely betrayed him you know Kerry's eyes were opened to him and but I wonder if she's going to be sucked straight back in straight away and trying to make amends for um obviously playing a part in him doing, you know, doing his time, very well-deserved time inside. Because mm. um, I thought that they're going to have to have him come back. But I'm, I'm intrigued to, as to know what they'll do that because it's just obviously the lovely aspect of her building relationship with her half-brothers as mm. well because she's mentally the same age. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, that's, so that's why, you know, but it, it's just really... Cause, you know, she obviously doesn't have so you know a great kind of family, family, you know, familial kind of relationship with her mother because they're always in separate rooms. Mm. <laughs> mm. And you know, and you know, rarely kind of a nice thing to kind of say to each other. And obviously, she's you know looking the direction for Martin for for that kind of parental kind of love and guidance. And so, I think you know finding. A, a different role within, you know, with her brothers was just really sweet. And hopefully Martin doesn't get in the way and that is allowed to kind of, you know, keep developing. So, yeah, I'd be really interested in that as well. What well, about you guys? What, well, we've always said, I mean, I, I, want, I don't want anything to change. I just want it to be because that's what 
village life is like. It's like yeah, it's not true. not everybody uh, you know like you and managed to get out and people stay in villages like all their lives and yeah. I could just imagine that they would just be still wandering around when they're in their thirties and forties and fifties and sixties and just both Absolutely. wandering around. You know, they nothing has to change. But I've got a know. question for both of you. Then, do you see okay. Kerry getting into a relationship? Now, this is ah, oh, it's something that's something because obviously I've been thinking a bit, like wondering what kind of thing you're going to ask me, and that was something that I've been thinking about because that whole uh, the the letters mm, mm. <laughs> when she just couldn't get her head around the fact that somebody might be kind of interested. I mean, I mean, obviously it was not in a normal kind of way, but you know, he had a kind of a sexual interest in her. Mm. And she says herself, you know, if you want to beat me up, I can deal with that. But if you're asking me about anything sexual, that is not my area of expertise. Yeah, yeah. But I would love to see Kerry have some kind of, uh, you know crush on someone just sort of just to see how she deals with that because we find out that Curtin is literally the worst boyfriend that any girl could be mm. unfortunate enough to have I mean you know his poor girlfriend you know the way that she <laughs> you know he you know just got off grid for days he didn't do anything for her he was he but just became this boring sulk you know and mm. it just and then it just and I think that's because he was missing his old life, wasn't it? He was missing spending time with the vicar and, you know, and just kind of maybe the responsibility of kind of being, you know, sort of half, you know, kind of having a, a say in somebody else's happiness, maybe just mentally couldn't cope with that. But I'd be interested to see. And what I found interesting about that as well is Kerry seemed supportive of it. I thought that... Yeah, but then mm. it seemed like her relationship with the vicar then blossomed, didn't it? It was sort of like oh, because Kerry was at, curtain was out of the way. Yeah, she had yeah. somebody she could spend quality time with him. Where I think then maybe Curtin was a little bit jealous of that. He was jealous. Yeah, yeah, he was jealous. That's probably a factor, wasn't it, into why he just became the way he did, and just I just sort of think he can't really cope emotionally with. A relationship. I mean, you know, he on the date with Kaylee, he bought her a card. Yeah, which was proposing. Yeah, <laughs> and he, she hadn't said three words to him. She hadn't said three words. And Kaylee was Kaylee was a funny character as well. I and mean, I presume that you know she, we won't be seeing her again. I wouldn't have thought. No. Um, you know, because she's you know without slugs, we can't have Kaylee really. So yeah, that, although yeah. weren't they? Uh broken up well he, he she he she She's was supposed supposed to be sexy yeah, sexy yeah. that's why i love that you know because she was when they turn up at the grease night and she's dressed as sandy after the after the makeover yeah in her leather trousers yeah yeah <laughs> you know the, you know her shoes where she's staggering you know staggering up the street and you know and then and, you know she's been chatting to guys online mainly about sexual stuff it's yeah. just this you know brilliant because she was just so you know dour and just didn't say anything to anyone so yeah she hope you know i think yeah if they were if they were you know not uh together anymore you know you know Suds was too good for her anyway yeah uh, going back to the relationships though do you think carrie's completely non-sexual though yeah i mean I after the letters but is, is will she grow into it will she I mean, she's still a bit of like a tomboy, isn't she? Yeah. She's not. Yeah, but it... I think she she has been. But it'll be interesting if she develops and, and that has that side of her kind of tapped into and awakened mm. slightly. I think that would be really interesting. Mm. You know, be really interesting because obviously she's gone through school. She's gone there without kind of having a crush on anyone. No, no. no. And as far as we know, any sort of relationship or although. I mean, you say she hasn't had a crush on anyone. Her mum does like taunt her with the dingle, cane dingle yeah. isn't it? And yeah, saying, oh, oh. "Yeah, sitting in the tree, K O S S I N G." So she obviously wow. has has shown some kind of not necessarily sexual <laughs> thoughts, but like, "Oh, I fancy him," kind yeah. of. Yeah, but then doesn't she go quite coy when she sings the kissing part? And she, but quite, that's what I'm saying. It's like so... it, it sort of called her out on it, and you don't know quite. Whether yeah. she's got a scrapbook of him or something like that, I don't know. I think cause... it would be something really juvenile, and I think that that's the extent of 
something that her feelings are able to get to uh, to this point. Mm. It's just been maybe kind of a bit of a very sort of childish crush where if she sees him in TV quick, you know, picture of him, she might she might cut it out. Yeah. Um, you draw know, draw she, hearts around it and stuff she, like that. She, she might write his name on a, you know, yeah. write his name on a book. Yeah. Or the wrestlers. This, she likes the wrestlers as she well. She likes the wrestlers. But then I think that that's, yeah. a, 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 you know, a teenage boy would have wrestling posters yeah. on the, I mean, you, you have loads, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I'm a massive Hulk Hogan fan. That's the only one I could think of at that time. <laughs> Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks. There you go. Oh, my God. Now you're talking. Um, <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean it like Oh, that. Ah, yeah. Found out what you like now, don't we, sir? That's, what, hey. that's what's hidden inside your book at bed then, isn't it? Oh, lordy, lordy. So, um... Uh, just wrapping up, Amanda, the big, big question is when is Fingers on Buzzers coming back? Well, I um, was on the WhatsApp group <laughs> just yesterday saying, because we always, it was our, always our plan to um, do more for the before the end of this year and to get some out. And I realised, because I don't know if you've heard, but that is fireworks has been going off mm, behind me. I know here. I live in London. It, I promise you it's fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take your word for it. I don't quite live in the hood. But um, mm. so hopefully um, that, that we can get some done that will go out through December. So hopefully three or four uh, to round off the year with. Um, because obviously Jenny's very busy at the moment. Um, Indeed she is. She's, you know, stunning everyone with her just amazing singing voice. Mm. I mean, I've done karaoke with Jenny and... So I was aware, very well aware that she can carry a tune, but my God, she's just blowing that show away and she's yeah. just amazing. So um, she's, and she's also been filming The Chase as well. So uh, she's been very, she's kind of had a lot on, but hopefully we'll get some in the can wrapped up. And also beginning of next year, uh, it's not been 100% confirmed, but I think I can more or less sort of say uh, in early March, we are going to be doing our very first live show. As awesome. Well. Oh, awesome. It's about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, so we're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to that. And that's something that we've been meaning to do pretty much since the start. But it, as you know, because you do them yourself, it can, you know, it's quite time consuming to to get those things, you know, yeah. there's a lot of elements to, to do it. And I think for all, for all of us, it was just, we've all been so sort of busy and it's just something that, you, you know, that just kept on just kind of falling back. But luckily somebody's approached us and wants to kind of stage it for us. Oh, that's nice. It's, it's going to be for charity, which is fantastic. So, because um, the audience can't have any unreasonable expectations. No. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, if it's a live podcast show, it has to be a bit different because it's, it is yeah. visual. And I know yeah. that, that that some people. I mean, I can remember when Kevin Smith, the director, started doing live shows, and people started complaining because it's they, they, oh, it's just two guys up there chatting. He goes, "Well, yeah, it's because it's a podcast." But then you you feel you have to do something a bit more visual for the you, audience, especially if they're going to be paying, whether it's for charity or not. Yeah, because there's another um, podcast I produce called it's called Drunk Women Solving Crime, and that has been. That started doing live shows really, really early on because we got a live show producer that approached us that put on a lot of sort of podcasts or shows and stuff. So, and he knows what he's doing in that respect. So, I'm learning a lot from him as well, which is great. And um, it's just some something definitely that you've always got the kind of two two minds. It's it's the night, it's the show, and that has to be amazing for the people that are in the audience. And in fact, if you're in the audience, you're gonna be privy to stuff that I have to cut out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for legal reasons. Yeah. yeah. So it's it can be so there's always always a great point of going to a live show because not every because some of it is just for you guys being there whilst mm. um uh but also it's got to be it's it's two they're two very different beasts and you know like you know having a live audience and a listening only audience two very different beasts and so they require different things and i think you know as long as you've got both of them covered then you know and having something visual like you say for the audience to to enjoy then yeah then you're most of the way there. So hopefully we'll get that for, I think we can imagine fingers on the fingers on buzzers one being quite interactive actually. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky enough with the quiz element. So yeah. Mm. 
Well, Amanda, thank you very much yes, for spending some time with us. Thank you. It's I really been appreciate so much fun. Thank and, you um, much. Please let us know. Uh, say hello to Dennis Waterman for us next time you see him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's he's cooking now, actually. He's <laughs> cooking. Is it yes. safe to leave him in the kitchen? <laughs> There'll be some sort of escapade at the end of it. Oh, uh, you know, we had to We had to at one point. He was getting, you know, we had to kind of trust him. Yeah. I don't know if the other one that's in New Tricks. <laughs> uh, I, I don't even know if Dennis Waterman still is in New Tricks. Is he? Is he still Peter know. Bowles. No. It's somebody like that, isn't it? Somebody like that. Yeah, Peter definitely. Bowles, is he still alive? Yeah. No. What from to the man of born? Yeah. Peter Bowles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Goodness me. I'll tell you what. He played Merrin in the theatre version of The Exorcist. Father Merrin. Really? Peter Bowles. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Genuinely, I saw it advertised. It was uh, the Birmingham rep, and they were touring it, and they were going to br- take it to London, and his name was there, and I thought, well, who's he playing? Obviously, not Reagan, the girl. And I had to look. <laughs> And he was Father Merrin. Wow. There what you year go. was that? That's only like, was it last year or the year before? It was oh. that recent. Oh, amazing. Well, I'm really pleased to hear that. Yeah. Put on Peter Bowles. I was on Felici- the, I was, Felicity I was... Kendall with Reagan. <laughs> 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 I was going down a YouTube rabbit hole a couple of days ago and it came up with uh, 1980s Christmas adverts. Yeah. And Peter Bowles nice. was, was doing one of them for, I can't remember what it was for, Maxwell Woolworth. Tapes. Was it Woolworths? It might have been Woolworths. It might have actually I'm, been. I'm joking. No, it, it might have been. It was, it was something. I thought, my God. I said, and I thought, I wonder if he's still alive. Yeah. There he well, is. There he is. Playing, he's doing The Exorcist. Good well, thing. he was. I mean, I don't know whether he still is. No, well, there you go. Or new tricks, maybe. Oh, yeah. Possibly. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Amanda. And, oh, no, thank um, you. Thank you thank so you. much. I really, really enjoyed that. I really appreciate it. Thank no you. No problem at all. And we will put the link for Fingers on Buzzers, uh, the podcast, in the show notes. So please, if you love quizzes, if you love Lucy Porter, if you love uh, Jen, if you love Amanda Redman, then listen <laughs> and subscribe to that podcast either because of it is it, either of, <laughs> either of them yeah because it is so much fun it's so much fun if you love quizzes uh neil it's your turn to do a little bit of housekeeping I've absolutely got the bell ready. right we are on all the social medias under wtaf this country we have a website you can go to we which do. is uh this uh, com. well done oh i nearly got it wrong and you can email us at wtaf this country at hotmail.com well done there you go and we still have a few tickets left for our live show uh november 29th at the sundial theater in sirencester not that far away from uh where you used to live uh amanda no. No, there you no, go. Just, actually, just... Although there would be no way of me getting there because there's no <laughs> bus and there's not hope of me getting a train. So. Oh, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> got a push bike, haven't you? Yes. <laughs> Come on. Um, I'll set off now. Yeah. yeah. So the link is in the show notes. Uh, click on that and hopefully there will still be some tickets available for that. We have Martin Mucklow is going to be there. Terry from the Bowls Club is going to be there. James Moore from Emmerdale is going to be there. Exactly. And uh, we also have... Who else do we have? Jill. Oh, the wonderful Jill Cooper, the queen of this country, the designer of that BAFTA dress, and the mum of Daisy and Charlie is going to be there. We have Erica, the unofficial This Country band. They're going to be the house band. And we have Keris Nelms, the comedian, that is going to start the night off, and hopefully she's going to bring that photograph. Oh, fingers crossed. On that big screen. Oh, it, it makes <laughs> no, you... I, know, I know Keris. She's a friend friend of mine so is it the one that she shows at the gigs um, early on at the gig yeah. yes the the, the, yeah. the hospital photograph yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 hopefully i hope she brings that oh uh, so do i we've we've seen it many times <laughs> we and have it's, it's burnt on my eyelids but uh, <laughs> Hopefully uh, she'll bring it and shock everybody that's going to be there. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? I think it is. Have I got anything else I've got to say? Subscribe and rate the podcast, please. That would be lovely. And apart from that, I think that's it. Thank you very much, Amanda. Thank you. Thank Thank you very much, much, uh, Neil. Thank you very much, Now, go and get the kettle on, because I'm just going to go and press our (laughs) pyjamas. Thank you. And warm the slippers by the fire. I will. Thank you very much, everyone. Now, go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? As promised, here's a sneak preview of the This Country book as read by Kerry and Curtin. It's available at Amazon or Good Bookshops and also on all your audio devices. Go and buy it now.
Len Spooky Village Tales by Len Clifton. Read by Kerry and Curtin Mucklow. The Vanishing Tour Guide. This ghostly tale's been heard from a few people over the recent years, and it will send shivers down your spine. Our village, being nestled deep in the soft bosom of the Cotswold countryside, is a magnet for tourists from all over the globe. There have been many a tale of Japanese tourists being greeted off the coach in the marketplace by a gentleman wearing a tall stovepipe hat with a wide brim who shouts in an authoritative manner, This way! This way! The Japanese tourists follow him for up to 12 miles deep into the countryside, where the tour guide is known to drop to his knees, put his head in his hands and say, Shit! I don't know where the fuck we are, before vanishing into thin air. The chap in the top hat fits the description of a local tour guide known by the name of Ernie Garlic, whose trademark was wearing a tall stovepipe top hat with a wide brim. Tragically, Ernie took his own life in 1987 when he read a cruel review of one of his tours in the Cotswold Life magazine. The poor feller just weren't naturally blessed with the directional skills needed of a tour guide and was even known to get lost in his very own street. He suffered from a disorder called topographical agnosia which causes a person to have absolutely zero sense of direction. It's a comfort, however, to know that Ernie is still doing what he loves beyond the grave and guiding tourists into the ass end of nowhere. God bless you, Ernie, you half-wit. Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal.